Hi, this is Candy Allison, and welcome to The House That Screams, a horror podcast. Ah! Tonight, our topic is ghost stories, and this can be from a film or a TV show. We're going to get into literature another time. I'd like to introduce my guests. I have Cameron Sullivan. Hello. I have Rob Antiquera. How do you do? I have Daniel Nightmare Nerd Ryan. Greetings, horror fanatics. And I have Sean Smith. And Sean wants to start us off tonight with his pick for best ghost story. Well, at the risk of being cliche as fuck, we're we're talking about ghosts and shit. You can't really do that without bringing the Poltergeist trilogy into the ring. Um, And, well, let me just say, the first two, the third one was shit. PG-13. Poltergeist came out in 1982. Um, I was only two at that point, but uh, I didn't see it until maybe 88, 89, eight or nine years old. Scared the living shit out of me. Directed, Robbie and the, the clown, yes. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, you know, this directed by uh, the legendary Toby Hooper. I hate you. Ed Silver. And for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, which is probably extremely rare, typical, you know, family moves into a house start experiencing some pretty tame ghostly encounters and then shit really hits the fan. Mm-hmm. And some of the scenes that just absolutely horrified me were the, the, the evil tree that snatches Robbie out of his bedroom. Yeah, what kid wasn't afraid of like, you know, the tree branches when they're looking out their window late in bed at night. A year after evil dead. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think I had read somewhere that, that Steven Spielberg put that tree in there because he had a similar you know, situation yes. that he was afraid uh, of. Same with the clown, I think. Yeah. <laughs> after, after all, he directed Tobe Hooper and almost got in trouble with the director's guild. They actually dispute that. I, I, I saw on Twitter that someone uh, spoke to, had recently worked with Craig T. Nelson, and he said that's bullshit. That as far as he knows, he was directed by Toby Hooper. Steven Spielberg never directed him when he was on set. Well, yeah, well, but he didn't. He just gave him notes. Yeah. I think that that was just more because Toby was probably unfamiliar with doing the big uh, a movie of that size by that point yeah because yeah, he was doing like smaller stuff before that like texas chainsaw massacre and stuff like that with like little yeah. tiny budgets and this was a mainstream movie interesting fact about that too i i read about spielberg it actually uh tapped toby to direct et instead really? of it yeah yeah i read that toby toby didn't want to do it because you know he was just fresh off texas chainsaw massacre and wasn't his type of movie, so Spielberg ended up letting him direct this, and Spielberg ended up directing E.T., which as far as I know, they were filming at the same time. Yeah. They both, they both came out the same year. And apparently Director's Guild rules were different back then. You could only direct X amount of movies per year. Right. Seven. But, you know, another thing about this movie, you know, a couple other things that scared the shit out of me. The muddy swimming pool. Mm. When yeah. yeah. Legendary. And- and in, real uh, skeletons. Film lore. Yeah, the real skeletons. Real, I was about to say that. Yeah, and and then that motherfucking clown. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That that just terrified the shit out of me. I was uh, always more more you. disturbed, and ter- terrified by the the dude who who rips his own face off. I was gonna say that because that was when I watched it as a kid. When that guy was in there looking in the mirror. And just starts picking his face off. I was like, oh yeah. my god, that was nope. the part that got me. Wasn't that after he, he sees the stake like crawling That's across? Spielberg's hand. Yeah. 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 
the the chicken wing with the with the maggots on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. gross maggots. Oh. And uh, may I just say, no. here, my recent interview with uh, homicidal homemaker, homicidal Casey. It will be on House of Torches sold soon. She has some great recipes that are based on that pastries, by the way. I liked her Friday the Thirteenth kind of roll hey, that yeah. she did. So she had fun. Awesome it looked like the steak that was crawling on the floor on uh, Poltergeist. Oh, that's cool. She's I mean, awesome. I've been following her for years. Oh, she's, she's great. very interesting. Great ideas and just great presentation. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry there, back to topic. Going back to Boulder, guys, do you guys actually believe that all those actors who died throughout this series were actually cursed, or is that just bullshit? Funny, we were just talking about that. Um, it is considered <laughs> one of those cursed walk. movies. Yeah, it's considered one of those cursed movies. I mean, you got Heather O'Rourke, who died very, very young. There was a lot of, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff, sort of like with The Exorcist and The Omen, just things that happened behind the scenes with it. So I don't... The legend of the cursed movies, yeah, I mean, there's some interesting stuff that makes you think about it. Like, was it? Yeah, it, it is pretty yeah. crazy. Like, the more I dug into it and the more I read about, you know, I think it was the... I can't remember the actress's name, but the teenage daughter in the first one was... You know, and then and then in the second movie, which I was going to get into, Julian Beck, the guy who played Kane, um, you know, Ugh, God is holy. You know, he Nightmares. When, when they filmed that, I mean, he was creepy as fuck. Yes. And they didn't and have to die. Yeah, they didn't have to do a whole lot of makeup on it because he's dying of stomach cancer and he actually died before the movie came out. You know, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lot of crazy shit and then you know later on i you know i think that uh, a couple of them actually had you know what they described as paranormal experiences and and it's the reason you know part of the reason why they didn't they, they had a script for poltergeist 4 and it's kind of the reason why they didn't do it because you know after heather o'rourke died like you know i think that, that was it for a lot of why them. gophers gophers I just really looking at this movie. I totally forgot there was a forgettable remake in 2015. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't forgettable for me. Was uh, I paid to see that in theaters and I watched it and I was very pissed off at the end. Like, yeah. I paid money for this. It was yeah. not good. Um, I didn't you know, remember it anything. Better about left. It. Just you know, leave it what it was. You didn't need to remake it because the remake was not good. No. There was also a Showtime Either TV don't show. Pull on or don't do it at all. There was a Showtime TV show called The Legacy as well that didn't sit well with me. It had all these popular British actors, and I was just like, Showtime, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, I also found it funny for the longest time how both Amazon and the, I think it was MGM DVD, had it listed as rated R, even though it was actually rated PG. It's like everybody's yeah, it was, afraid to show it to it kids. Kind of, yeah, It was kind of tame. You know, considering a lot of the horror films that were out at that time, but it was scary. It was scary, and and as I've said before, I, ghost stuff scares me the most. I I scream sometimes at the movie. You know, like <laughs> I, I get so scared, and nothing else. Like I can watch gore and other things, and it, it doesn't affect me. But ghost stuff does. So that movie just mm. terrified me, and the second one even more so than the first, Jeez. because of you know God is in His holy temple, and I'm just like, okay, that guy, just like when I was a kid, I kept thinking I was going to turn around, and he was going to be standing yeah. there. I once I thought he was a bit tall manish. Yeah, yeah. That's that yeah, he has that vibe. I once knew a guy who often got mistaken for that guy. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> I would have been terrified of him. Like I he literally wasn't doing anything. He was just a nice guy at the farmers market. <laughs> 
I know, but like if I saw him, I'd just be like, I gotta run. I gotta go. It'd be funny if he had said, there, here. <laughs> okay. Moving so on. Moving on to our I'm next. Over with these uh, we'll, let, we'll let Daniel Nightmare Nerd Ryan go and with his pick. It's a nightmare. Well, I have two things to talk about here, Ashley. Oh. One is actually a TV film from the 90s. The Haunted. Loosely based on a true life story, supposedly, by the Aren't way. Aren't they all? Yeah, precisely. But um, this one, it has all the hallmarks of being a cheesy 90s you know, TV movie. Budget-wise and casting-wise, but um, the very end of it always stuck with me. Mm. Supposedly, the real-life story of a family who were haunted, but the final few scenes are of a church group showing up with candles in their hands and chanting Ave Maria. And occupying this house and praying. And hmm. the final scene, the family moves to a new home. They're all thrilled. They're all happy. Oh, we left it all behind. And the wife, who has always heard this monster, hears this voice saying, Janet, Janet, that always stuck with me. 91, Sally Kirkland, Jeffrey DeMunn. I've heard of yes! this. Exactly. Robert Mendel. Oh, I gotta check this shit out. Nice. Okay. It, again, it's, it's, a, it's a cheesy TV movie, but that final scene of Janet, Janet, and that guy just looking the mo- looking from one to room where she hears Janet, Janet, and just her face. Well, sometimes you can take take something like that, and as long as it's, the ending is this really sticks with you, it it does leave its mark, and it kind of gives it more credibility. I like a good ending. Yeah, I like a creepy ending. But it's got uh, Commander Cody in it. Holy shit. George Wallace. <laughs> but um, for my own personal story, I have a background in community theater in the New Jersey area. I did a show in a theater that was, as cliche as my sound, a former funeral home. Oh, wow. And in our dressing room, there was that big drain in the middle of the floor. You hmm. knew what that meant. Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, the show I did was, of all things, this is so cliche, Frankenstein. And I, I actually remained very proud of the show. We put so much into it. It was very effects-heavy. Everyone involved put everything, everything they had into it. But um, one day for rehearsal, I showed up very early. A habit of mine. As you can tell from our podcast, I show up early. Yes. And it was just me and our director. So he said, okay, good to see you, you know, et cetera. And I went down into the dressing room to get ready. And suddenly, up on the stage, I heard this bam, 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 bam. And I thought, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and I bolted upstairs to see what the hell was going on, and uh, nothing, nothing. There was no one there. Jeez. And I looked left oh. and right, far and yawn, and when I found my director... He was out in the patio having a smoke. And no one else was there? No. No one. How did you feel? Were you terrified? Not terrified. Just I felt every hair on my body go up and end. And feel like, it's here. It's here. Wow. <laughs> but I never had an experience like that again in that theater. But still, that always stayed with me. Well, I imagine it would. Yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy. Oh, yes, I'd be terrified. And I hope you understand. I sound like Elmer Fudd. I know what that accent I'm hunting ghosts. <laughs> Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting ghosts. 
<laughs> Jason Statham is Elmer Fudd coming this summer. <laughs> that breaks the tension up. Go some Mars too. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So who's next? Um, he. Why? Thank you. I'm going to spare you celebrity ghost stories. I'm going to spare you Ghost by Nine Inch Nails. I'm going to spare you uh, The Shining. I'm going to instead embark on a little-known sleeper film known as Stir of Echoes. I remember Ooh. Stir of Echoes. I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. yeah that was actually mm. a pretty good movie. USA Network and Sci-Fi used to show up for the longest time, and um, HBO made me rediscover it a lot lately. And it was just one of those, it's just like, you know, this really is a smart, intelligent horror movie. I wish there was more of this. It's not as freaky as it would like it to be, but it is still very unsettling in even yeah. the quietest moments, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, mm. when I saw it in a theater, like I was like, this could have been scarier, but it was still good. You know what I mean? That, and I just was glad you know, to see Captain Herb being a good lead actress, Kevin Bacon, again, just breaking out of you know some of his other typecast roles as well right. as just david cope who had been a longtime screenwriter for films like you know quiz show and the jurassic park series be in the directing's chair and was that Ileana douglas in it i think so she's like the sister or psychiatrist yeah, or something yeah, yeah. Have, like the psychic type good good role for her yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. my uh, mother uh my mother she i i said this before my mother hates harmony <laughs> but she is oh. a big fan of stir of echoes She'd get along with my mom. Yeah, she loved that. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Unless it's X-Files, no horror is a no-no. <laughs> funny how Bye. people are contrarian sometimes. All right. Yeah, no, it is funny how this one kind of broke the mold. Is just because it was also a mystery and a thriller. Yeah. It's in a horror movie. So I think that's why it appeals. And the gruesome images, you know, they don't ever feel gratuitous, but they earn the rating at the same time. So Yeah, I mean, they pay off. Pretty much. And I mean, it's it just cool to, again, like you say, I mean, like you talked about your experiences and all these other bizarre encounters. Just again, just what makes for a good ghost mystery is when the character questions their own sanity. It's like, seriously, what the hell is going on here? Right. Yeah. This gets annoying when it's just continual, just running around the house and just losing their shit. and back. Yeah, it doesn't get repetitive. That's what I like. Yeah, I think what brings, like, the best essence of a ghost story is sometimes the silence and just the mood, the ambiance of everything. It really gives a good, just veneer to a good ghost story. Pretty much. Speaking of which, who did the score for that? Hold up. The undertone. (laughs) Beyond time. Space. Um... It was apparently inspired by a novel by Richard Matheson, so there you go. Yeah, Richard Matheson is one of my favorite writers. He wrote some fantastic stories. He actually even wrote some good Twilight Zone episodes. He also did uh, I Am Legend. I mean, he's he's a horror icon as far as literature, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell House is amazing. That's a great good oh, story right there. Indeed. For sure. All right, James Newton Howard. He was the composer. Very cool. Years before he became Chris Nolan's bitch, he was in charge of the. <laughs> but the movie itself, I really liked. I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters, to be honest with you. Oh, man. I, revisit. I would like to see that in theaters, actually. <laughs> yeah, I did see it when it came out. The so surround like, oh, sound cool. would make a huge difference. It was great. All righty. All right. So no ghost experiences that for you in your life this um, year? I'm sorry to disappoint, so. <laughs> I, I believe that 
you are a non-believer in this and the paranormal. I, I was one of those into aliens and all that, but you know, past the age of like seven, I just I don't want to sound disrespectful or anything. I just flat out just said, you know, I, nothing's adding up for me. So I just Cameron said, Cam, Cameron is the doctor from Poltergeist Three. <laughs> no, no, he's Walter Peck. No, I, I think I'm more just the the guy who sells the house in The Shining. <laughs> Native Americans. There, there was a bunch of them who died there, but it's fine. Not a big deal. How'd you like uh, some ice cream, Doctor? Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I will say that one celebrity ghost story episode with Tony Plana just had me rolling in tears because it looked very scripted. I have this book. I can't find a copy of it. I believe it's out of print. There are some really interesting celebrity ghost stories. Uh, one of the most interesting I've ever read was Jane Mansfield. Oh we'll, wow! We'll go into that another time. That's a long topic. Uh, <laughs> I bet that was. I bet that was a car wreck. Ever look into her paranormal experiences and the fact that she was a member of the Church of Satan? Wait, um, what? Look that up. Yeah. It's, oh my fucking god! <laughs> yeah, it's crazy shit. The yeah, nicest people who you would never think. Oh, well, right. Yeah, and you have to really look into, you know, Anton LeBay's Church of Satan. Sight? And, you know what I mean? Just do your research and you'll find some neat stuff. Oh, that sounds very delightful. So, Rob. Yes. I am going with my all-time favorite ghost story, and that is John Carpenter's The Fog. Not Ghost of Mars. That's a good one. Uh, I, 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 do, I, actually, I actually really like Ghost of Mars, by the way. That you That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> That's fine. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually a big fan of that. I actually saw that in theaters too. Um, I bet you have the soundtrack. Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, sound, that, that soundtrack is actually one of my favorite Carpenter soundtracks. Yeah, it's a cool movie, movie. but uh... yeah, like I mean, the, the ending left a little bit to be desired, but the the the, the rest of the movie is fine. The fog. I know I already showed you guys in the the group chat that. Uh, I have multiple copies of the movie on DVD and Blu-ray, which is that's cool. Uh, that's yeah, cool. like is pr- one of my top favorite Carpenter movies. I like the the classical nature of it, like you know, just the classic ghost story style, mm-hmm. you know, which which is what he was going for. I have a hot take about it too. This is going to be oh. a very unpopular opinion, oh, wow. but uh, I actually like it more than Halloween. Wow, that is a hot take. Oh. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I love Halloween, but I just find The Fog to be a superior film. The uh, Fog is good because it, it, you know, what John Carpenter does best is like ambiance. You know, like he's got a really yeah. good, you know, he's got that in Halloween, and it, it's present in The Fog, so it's just kind of this building. You know, what it, it has everything a good ghost story needs. Thing you got these characters, slowly these building things slowly. Well, and and slow build is okay if it pays off, and, it, um, and I think you know it does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the pirates he, he does... clung the door, bang, 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 bang. Where you see this hook, and yeah, slowly clung through. You know, yeah. What Carpenter does best though is the the way he uh, sets up the, the the characters and he lists the characters. Like you know, he immerses you in the world of the characters first before he unleashes the horror on you. And that's important because you care. And that because you yeah. care, this story has more meaning to you. And you feel more, like, fear for them. Right. Absolutely. Also, like, you know, the, the fact that he only had, like, I think a million dollars to make it. 
And you know, he he was able to get this incredible cast: Janet Leigh, Barbo, of course, and of course the the iconic, legendary Tom Atkins. Although Sans mustache, which is kind of weird looking <laughs> yeah, at Tom. Weird, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a as a kid, I was always scared of ghost stories, because like you know, like just being like a believer in, in in ghosts and manifestations of energies, you know, even as young as that, like ghost stories kind of like scared me because like I always felt like oh no you know <laughs> same but, same but but um I just I just love the fog so much like you know the beautiful cinematography by Dean Cundy as well like you know I, I can't say enough good things about Dean Cundy and like the way yeah, he shoots gorgeous it's the way it's shot is really fantastic. Oh, it's absolutely. It's one of Carpenter's best-looking films. Especially with, you know, the effect of the fog coming off the water. Right, know, right. Even today, it still looks good. It, it definitely looks it's better done than the fucking Atmospheric. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I loved it. It was just so well done. Right, like, you know, and cause, like you compare it to that awful remake where like they had I the did not guy. see it. I did not see I, it. I, I saw I saw it. Uh, uh, I don't know if you read my one star review of it on a <laughs> I did. It, 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 I did. It's only it's only one sentence. It's literally the fuck is this shit. Yeah, it was great. Best review. And, <laughs> and, the person saw that movie. They, they had the technology, you know, the CGI to create the fog and yet it's such a piss poor version of you know, what Carpenter accomplished with just fog machines and just you know giant fans and just fanning the the fog into the into the shot. And he was with those limitations, he was able to make the fog its own character. You know what I mean? Even though, like in essence, you have like you know Blake and the other like you know ghosts within the fog, but yeah. the fog itself is its own character. Like the way he was able to like capture it moving down the street by itself and like you know they're trying to get away from it and it's just it's, it's so yeah, beautiful it looks really good it feels you know you you really feel everything and it's just so well done you can't recapture that you know it's hard to recapture the john carpenter magic i mean we've spoken about rob zombie trying to do that and just no one can yeah. do it no one can do it yeah carpenter carpenter is just I I haven't met a person who who didn't appreciate Carpenter as a filmmaker. Even even when he, he his movies are not up to par, it, it's still better than a lot of people's movies. Like uh, yeah, what's 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 probably the worst movie he ever did? I probably Village of the Damned. The one. Yeah. Even the Village of the Damned. Village of the Damned is still like I, I sit there and watch Village of the Damned. You know, over like it wasn't Rob Zombie. Yeah. No. Yeah, like yeah, the uh, Dwarves pretty watch, bad though. <laughs> I would watch like a wedding video before watching Rob Zombie's Halloween again. <laughs> I don't think anyone would watch anything before Rob Zombie's, but seriously, After like the, the wall. Uh, but 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 the Ward is pretty bad in my opinion. Oh yeah, the, and that was like the last one he did. I can't yeah, make any sense one. of anything. Yeah. yeah, by that point, Carpenter was just his heart wasn't into filmmaking anymore. Like. He really, he's just over filmmaking by this point. Like, I, I know people who talk to him, like, you know, met him at, like, a convention, and they're just like, you bring up movies to him, and he's just like, who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, you bring up, like, wrestling or basketball and shit, and he'll fucking talk to you about <laughs> that shit all day. Yeah. But yeah, uh, cool. you bring up movies and shit, he's like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm seeing a pattern here where they're not making sequels to Spielberg movies. They're doing remakes or sequels to Carpenter movies. So there you go. My favorite thing Carpenter ever said was uh, on the supplementary material for uh, Prince of Darkness. The, his style of filmmaking is taking his time and, you know, letting the shots linger, you know what I'm saying? Like letting the atmosphere build. And he was like, you know, you can't get away with that now. He's the movies are bebop now, but that's fine. That's all good. Life unless is good. You go indie, unless you go indie, a a twenty four. Um, they put out some really good movies that yeah. you know are character like like Moonlight, which is a fantastic film. Um, yeah, it just yeah. builds, it builds, it builds. There's silences, you know. There's character development, and as a writer, character development is very very important to me. And I would much rather spend the time building up for this amazing payout than just have to every five minutes keep somebody's attention. You know, if you're not interested, then fuck off. Go do something else. I guess <laughs> what I'm doing, and this is my art that's the problem a lot of slasher movies have with slasher movies they they, they don't take time to build up the, the the teens and then when they do like the teens are just obnoxious because mm-hmm. they make them overly sarcastic they tend, and like, they tend to be more like stereotyped you know right just like these kind of like um i'm representative of the virgin girl i'm the representative of you know the goofy guy i'm the right top. i'm the you know there's no other character development a lot of that is in front and if if I could go back and touch on the fog real quick, um, my only mm-hmm. complaint about the fog. If I hear the name of that fucking radio station one more time, oh, <laughs> yeah. that one time when it's just like over and over again when she's going to the lighthouse and she's playing like promos, I'm like, I got it, thanks, thank you, thanks, I got it. Yeah. So now I know. But, <laughs> but also a little neat thing with the fog is Adrian Barbeau and Hal Holbrook. Who played a married couple in one of my favorite movies, Creep Show? I just loved yeah. seeing them in different roles because I knew them from Creep Show. I'd seen Creep Show before I'd seen The Fog. And um, oh, so I was like, they're so please. different. Yeah. But uh, do you have any oh, like Adrian. real life paranormal just things that you want to share? I have I have a few like um I used to live in a in a apartment building in uh the Bushwick section of Brooklyn, New York, and not too long after we moved there, uh we lived on the third floor, which was the last floor of the the building. We were all sleeping, and this must have been like one, two, two o'clock in the morning, and out of nowhere, the entertainment system, the stereo, just turns on by itself, like full blast, <laughs> and, and in the middle of the night, and everybody was like got up and like what the hell happened like what the hell was that i i, I had people suggest to me maybe it was a short circuit I'm like yeah but like how did the volume go full blast because it was one of those knobs that you have to turn all the way so like you have any animals in the house yeah no no not 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 at that time we we had a dog mm-hmm. later on but this was way before we, we had a dog <laughs> My mother also had a, a statue of Buddha on the mantle place that somehow another got knocked off. And it was dead in the center of the, the mantle. And it just, like, swiped off completely. Did you, you know? have a rat problem? No, we did not. Okay. I don't know. Cameron's <laughs> our naysayer. <laughs> I yeah, just yeah. want to know. That's <laughs> like, what I said. I was telling Cameron, he's like that the the episode of Family Guy where Lois refused to believe that the hub <laughs> was a fat guy strangler. <laughs> <laughs> so he has a oh, bunch okay. of pictures of him strangling dead fat guys. 
What about the dead fat guy under his bed? Coincidence? What about the half dead fat guy in the corner? Patrick tried to kill me. Maybe he's talking about another Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is Cameron. This is Cameron Sorry, right dude. There. I, it doesn't add up. I get it. We, we but at the same time. We better have a naysayer in the group. So it's yeah, okay. another one. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with my choice. And this is going to be a little different than my usual choices. We all know that I don't watch a lot of shows. I don't watch TV. TV. Really. <laughs> and we, we actually don't have cable anymore. We just have all the different streaming services. Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix, Fuck. Disney, Same. Shutter, all those things. I had heard all this buzz about The Haunting of Hill House. And I'm just like, mm, it's going to be stupid. It's on Netflix. Uh, but I had heard people posting about it and like, you know, it's so good. And I'm just like, whatever. I'm just going to watch it. So I sat down and I started watching it. And I was really hooked from the first episode. And I was like, wow, because what you can do, you know, as a series like that is, you know, you've got these hour long episodes, you've got like 12, whatever of them, and each is an hour and you can do so much more character development in those than you can in a film, which, you know, maybe two, three hours tops if you're doing a real long one. Mike but, Flanagan is God. Or four hours if you're gone with the wind, but... Oh, fuck that. Don't, don't <laughs> ever ask me about Gone with the Wind, okay? Like a spider. I love Gone with the Wind. Anyway, but... Um, <laughs> anyway, the character development is so great, and it is based off of Shirley Jackson's novel, who Shirley Jackson writes fantastic stories. I'm sure everybody read The Lottery in, like, junior high. In school somewhere, most people have read The Lottery. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a spooky little piece. You know, to be reading in junior high, like, man, that's pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. But she also read The Haunting of Hill House, which is a fantastic book. It's one of those books, after you read it, you want to leave the light on. Because it kind of fucks you up, the ending. <laughs> you know, and, and just the, the whole story. So it's based off that, but, you know, the story is, is different than her, you know, novel. And the characters, it's a family. And everybody knows families are dysfunctional. And, you know, they really portray that. They're love but it's dysfunctional and it's you know goes back and forth in time and you kind of fall in love with these characters and you're trying to figure out you know these things and then as I got a couple episodes in I'm reading about it a little bit and I didn't want spoilers but then people were talking about the easter eggs and I'm like what and they're like there's hidden ghosts in every episode so then I started really looking really looking and the first time I saw one in the background I screamed I was like (laughs) oh my fucking god oh my god it's right there I saw one. I felt, like, so special. But I, I, I have to go back and rewatch it to catch all of them. I've only caught a couple. But uh, that was neat. It was a neat little thing that makes you want to rewatch it. But the story's good enough that you want to rewatch it anyway. Yeah. There are just moments. And what I think they did beautifully is, you know, you've got this, you know, this drama, this family drama going on. And just the way that horror stuff is done is that you kind of know, if you're a horror fan, when the jump scare is going to happen right? Mm -hmm. There's usually a a silence and then you know it's coming. Well, what they have mastered in this is you'll get that silence and you're waiting and you're tense and you're on the edge of your seat and the scene just goes on and nothing happens. And you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, no jump scare. Because I was afraid to see myself because jump scares, uh, and especially with ghost stories, I can't, they they fuck me up a little bit. So no, no jump scare there. And then sometimes there'd be a pause and then they would do a jump scare and you're like, I don't trust this series. <laughs> and then there's times where other things completely are going on and the jump scares right there and you 
completely weren't expecting it because they're just having a conversation. And then, you know, it, it scared me so bad at one point um, that I, I screamed. I mean, the horror movie screamed because <laughs> it came out of nowhere. So they really were so great with the scary in it. It's, it's unpredictable. And, and that's what makes it so scary. And they just did a great job. The ending, I, I would have to discuss another time. I don't want to spoil it. Spoilers. It did not end the same as the book, but Netflix made it run out of money. It's it's just different. Um, it works, and I like it, but it's not what I expected. They're gonna do another series, um, a book based on the works of Henry James. The next uh, thing is coming out this year, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Haunting of Hill House is very popular, but there were some moments. And I just want to talk about them, but I feel like I'd be spoiling. He's the bent neck lady, is all I can say. The bent neck lady. <laughs> Somebody thought it would be really cute while I was putting away laundry after I watched the bent neck lady episode to come up behind me, acting like the bent neck lady. And I turn <laughs> around and I see this asshole doing the bent neck lady. And it just instinctually, I scream like 1950s horror movie hands to my <laughs> face scream at my lungs and i was so fucking mad i wonder who that could have been i mean i i thought it was a you know pretty good act <laughs> well um, when i almost when i threatened to kill you was it so funny i was i screamed and i was like oh my god what an asshole i was so mad <laughs> because because oh. ghost stuff scares me if you would have come up and tried to be freddy i would have laughed or you know like something but the ghost thing like fucks me up so it was just really, really well done. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It was uh, very scary. And it was also very dramatic. It was very good. Very uh, well realized. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for the next story. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. It was fantastic. I binged it. I couldn't stop watching. But I was so scared. And <laughs> why I get... I, I have an affinity for, you know, zombie films. Like Romero stuff especially. And... Just, I wanted to kind of sum this up with, I do actually <laughs> believe in ghosts and spirits. Um, I As do a, I. I'm a very big skeptic. Anyone who knows me will tell you that. I am very skeptical about everything. I question my beliefs. I question, you know, these things. But I can't question things that are right in my face. If it's right in my face, I got proof. And just for, you know, a, a quick little story. I have a million, unfortunately. This house that I currently live in, uh, when we moved in, it was relatively new, like maybe two years old. So it's a new house, a new neighborhood. There's hardly even any trees. They, they're still growing. So the house, I don't believe is haunted. But I've had so many experiences just in this house. Just the other day, last week, uh, I have a lot of little things, my little figurines, my Hello Kitty stuff, my stuffed animals. And I have this whole little bookshelf that has all of my Mystery Science Theater in it. Yes. And like, you know, some Funko Pops of like Freddy and whatever. But, and then on the top, I have all my little doodads, like, you know, my Tokidoki figures and Hello Kitties and all this stuff. And on the edge, I have, it's not even on the edge, it's kind of just near the edge. But I have this uh, Lego Millennium Falcon. I did not build <laughs> it. My daughter got it at Disney World and she gave it to me. And I never even built the thing. She built the thing and gave it to me. So if, I just, it's been sitting there. For a long time. And I go into the bedroom. And sometimes the lights are just on in the bedroom. Nobody's been in there. Nobody goes in our room. It's the master bedroom. Nobody goes in there. There's nothing for them in there. So um, I go in there. And I wasn't the one who discovered it. It was my husband. 
And on my side of the bed, uh, we, the way our king size bed is made is we can't share comforters. I can't be touched when I'm asleep because I scream. So, you know, we have separate sides of the bed, separate comforters. It's made separately. So I have my comforter and his comforter, whatever. And on my comforter was this Lego Millennium Falcon. This is all the way across the room. It is partially destroyed with the pieces surrounding it on my blanket all the way across the room. Well, it could have been the cat, like our kitten Rhaegar, but he couldn't have, if he would have knocked it off, one, he can't get up there, but if he could have and knocked it off, it would be on the floor. There's no way he could throw it across the room. Like, I could barely throw it that far. And to have it land perfectly where it did. I put it back where it goes with the pieces there, but my husband's like, what's this? What's going on with this? And he's, you know, a little bit more of a non-believer than I am, but we can't explain that. We can't explain it. It scared me. There was no explanation for it. Nobody had been in there. We we had been in there maybe a couple hours prior to that. Nobody had been in that room. There's you no. Know, there's another bathroom and everything else. The rest of the house. Nobody goes in the back of the house where our stuff is. So, I don't know. Yeah. And also the lights, which are a common thing that happen with spirits or infestations or whatever. Light bulbs constantly burn out on me, like blow out completely. And I'm terrified to take a shower because, of course, there's no natural light coming Mo. in the bathroom. No, it's not the house. It's, it's not the house. It's me. Trust me. <laughs> move. Ask, no, moving doesn't help. Moving doesn't help. It happens in every house. So I'm in the shower. It's dark. The lights are over the vanity. I just hear this little because there's like a little bit of light. And I'm like half conditioner in my hair. And I peek out and all the light bulbs are out except for one. And you can you can hear the filament giving out just a little bit of light, and I'm like, oh shit! And I rinsed my hair and just just ran out of there, and then all the lights came back on. Man. Cats weren't in there as they usually are. Usually, my cats come in there when I'm in the shower, but nothing was in there. So I have a lot of things, and I know you say move, but I have moved, and it it happens to me in um, my old house. It's it's been happening to me for a long time. Yeah, so curses. Uh, no, I don't think that I'm cursed. I think I, there's somebody who is well-versed in this kind of thing. And she said, well, you know, you may be giving out kind of like an energy that attracts other energy. Because this has been an ongoing thing in my life, especially as an adult. So it may be that I'm transmitting something. And I'm like, well, how do I control that? Well, you can't. So, you know, you have to do like sage and stuff like that. And... <laughs> You know, I, I'm curious, like, is there a message or is there something like I'm scared, but I'm like, I want to know why, why, why this, why would you do this? Something that means something to me ends up broken on my comforter, on my side of the bed where all my stuff is. I'm like, how did you even get there? And, you know, with uh, a recent death, I, I, I have these dreams and sometimes they're prophetic. I dreamed somebody was going to die in the fall. I dreamed the wrong person was going to die. Yeah, the person I dreamed was going to die, he recovered. And then somebody else died. And I wasn't expecting that. And I dream of this person, and it terrifies me. Mm. Yeah. Shit. So, anyway, that's just be a very, very small version. This is going to sound cynical or contrarian, but I do get to the point where I don't want to... Well, yeah, what do you expect? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> each time I go to a certain place or something, I try not... Especially if it's a job opportunity, I try to never say anything about it, because I know I'm going to jinx it. Well, I don't know. I mean, we all have these beliefs. For me, I am a, I wouldn't say I don't believe in anything, but I don't believe in most things. But if something comes up to my face in a way or something 
is very strongly happening like that, I can't ignore it because it, it happens. And I've had things like tapping on my window on the second floor. Just, just crazy, crazy things. Um, Better to be a nihilist than nihilistic. Well. Yeah. Fuck everyone. Burn them. <laughs> so I find myself um, more trying to get in tune. I'm trying different things. I can't stop the dreams, though. They're weird. They're weird. I do talk to people who have passed in my dreams. I don't know if that's just like some kind of wish I have. Or whatever, but anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going on again. I'm drinking. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> this is why we don't. This is why we don't drink. But anyway, what so happens? Let's put a period at the end of that sentence and move on. Any other ghost entertainment that we want to throw out? Unless we can even go into books at this point. I had an in- interesting uh, thing happen to me. Um, oh boy. So <laughs> let me let me let me set the stage. It's the summer, 1999. I'm 19 years old. Blair Witch Project had just come out. So, you know, we went to see it. And this sparked, you know, we we live in in Indiana. And there's a lot of farmhouses, a lot of long country roads. So There's the Indianapolis suburbs and farmland. And farmland. So, you know, me and a couple of buddies, we go out, you know, one summer night. And we decide, you know, we're just going to go out. We're going to play paper, rock, scissors when we come to a road and just drive and see where it takes us. And we go out and we find this abandoned house. And it was creepy as fuck. It was about maybe a quarter of a mile off the road. And that place became our place. We decided, you know, every weekend we were going to go there and hang out. And someone got this bright idea like, let's bring a Ouija board out here. fucking genius right and so of course the smart people that we are we decide hey that sounds like a great idea (laughs) so we we bring this Ouija board out and you know we're hanging out and this was a it was a two story abandoned house you could only go into a certain section of the second story because the rest of the rooms you know the floors were so rotted that if they hadn't already collapsed they would under any weight so, you know, there was just one specific place that we hung out and we we had brought like a lantern with us and it was late, probably after midnight. And we sit down, we got the Ouija board and, you know, I mean, I'd never really done it before. I'd, I'd kind of dabbled, you know, I was 19. I dabbled in witchcraft and, you know, all this other stuff. And 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 so we we sit this down and, and so my buddy's kind of guiding us through like how to use it and. And we're all kind of, you know, messing around, joking, whatever. Well, everybody gets serious about it. And we start asking questions. And the, what do you, I can't planchette. remember. The, yeah, the planchette. So it, so it moves. And, you know, of course, we all look at each other like, all right, who's fucking around? And, you know, we're joking about it. We start to get serious again. We start asking more questions. And it moves again. And at this point, everybody kind of like pulls their hands away. And we're all kind of looking at each other. And the fucking thing shoots off the board. And bam, everybody fucking jumps up. Now, where the lantern's hanging in this room, uh, there was a fireplace downstairs. And so the bricks go all the way up through the second floor to the roof. And so there's a shadow cast where the lantern is hitting the, the chimney. And so there's a section of, of the upstairs that's really dark. And we hear this noise. And I can only describe it as almost... Uh, how do I explain this? Like, it. it's like an animal sound, 
that a human would make. Right. The first time I tried to describe it, it was like an animal sound, but it it almost makes more sense as an animal trying to make a human growl, you know? And so, so we freak the fuck out. We run downstairs, we get out into the car, and we start driving away. And like I said, this driveway is like, you know, a half mile, quarter mile off the road. When we get to the road, my buddy's in the back seat, and he's like, holy shit, the house is on fire. And we all turn around, and we look, and it's not. We don't see anything. And, you know, he's sitting back there, and he's like, I swear to God, I thought I saw flames. So we go back to his house. You know, we're all still shook oh, up. You know, we're talking about it, whatever. Next day, we decide to drive back there, and the only thing that's left standing is the chimney. The entire house is burned down. Fuck. That was the craziest. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. Did you I hear any other noise coming from the house? Like just an explosion of some kind? Or no. Burning? No. Shit. No. no, no other sounds, no smells. I heard we heard that growl. And at the, at the point that we at the time, ah. we the growl, one of the guys was already downstairs. The planchette shooting across the board was enough for him. He was out. And yeah. <laughs> And it was, I mean, to this day, like, I still, like, I've got goosebumps right now talking about it. Like, I still, I think about that night, and I try to, like, like rack my brain. Like, was there, is there something I'm missing? Was there something else? Because I'm, you can ask Candy. She tells me about all the, the situations she has here, and I'm skeptical. I always try to She's come up with something. very skeptical. With, with the lights, you know, the issue with the lights. You know, I always think some sort of interference, some sort of electrical issue. Just like what she was talking about with the the Lego Millennium Falcon, like I didn't have an explanation for it because no one else, could, no one could have done that. No one else comes in here, and I can't imagine somebody would come in here just to throw a fucking Lego Millennium Falcon on my bed you know <laughs> and have some of the pieces missing and they're right. just scattered around it. So like, nobody touches that thing, and he was the one that found it. He was like, "What yeah. happened here?" And I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" But yeah, and, and and I've had some other. I've never seen a ghost, you know. Me I've either. never, but I've had experiences that I couldn't explain, and so I guess I could chalk those up to, as paranormal. But that's my story. Yeah, it's a crazy awesome story. I remember crazy. But yeah, I remember you telling me that story right after we saw the Conjuring because we were talking about you know some stuff. Yeah. So anybody else like books, movies, shows? Experiences well, like that. Yeah, I think yeah. we can call it a weekend. Ho! Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was super fucking creepy. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a weird fucking experience. But I can't. And for him, who is a very big skeptic, to yeah. say that it's scary. It's very scary. Um, well, seriously, how do you explain the ball just bouncing everywhere? It's just yeah. scary in general. <laughs> it's like I mean, okay, what's going on? And, and, you know, like, I remember that summer, you know, after we saw Blair Witch, like, that was all we wanted to do was go out and, and find these. And I don't know what it is, what it was about abandoned houses. I'm guessing maybe because they found that house at the end of the movie. But we just, we decided we wanted to go out and we found a, a lot of them. And really, some of them were really creepy. Some of them were like, we went in and it was like, oh, okay, nothing here. You I, and your juvenile delinquent friends. Now, we, we find this house and we go in. It was just me and another guy. And we're walking around and it was really creepy. And another, I'll tell you what, another movie, going back to John Carpenter, uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. 
Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. It gave me, I got the same vibe when we were looking at at abandoned houses, thinking about that that, that opening scene where they go to that house and they find all those vampires and shit. Yeah. But, uh, so we go into this house and we're walking around and I hear this, like, buzzing noise. And the only thing I could think of was, like, electricity, right? But I'm like, this house is abandoned. Like, and I mean, like, you know it's abandoned. I mean, you look at it and the fucking, the wooden floors are rotted, collapsed and all this shit. But I hear this buzzing. And, you know, me being, you know, the person I am, I'm, the only thing I can think it is is fucking electricity. So I start walking up the steps, and that buzzing just gets louder and louder and louder. And I get up to, to the point to where I'm, my eyes are level with where the ceiling of the first floor turns into the floor of the second floor. And I turn around and look, and there's a plank missing. And I lift my flashlight, and I look in there. And I swear to God, like a million fucking bees. And they have, they have made this like this beehive in between the floor and the ceiling. And it's so loud buzzing. And I'm allergic to bees. And I see that. I literally jumped out the fucking window. Oh, my God. I, I mean, it was I've never seen so many bees in my life. And it was oh, it was fucking creepy. It's Candyman's house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, My mother would have hated that. She's terrified of bees. I fucking hate them. I'm okay with bees. I don't like wasps because they're just oh fuck wasps. Bees will bees Bees. will die if they sting you, but they don't they don't want to sting you. But wasps do they want to sting you? They fucking hate you. And they my victim. Yeah. Yeah. I like to go up to my mother. I like to go up to my mom right right behind her. Like, hey, mom, look, there's a bee. And she's, what? Where? Where, where, where is oh that? It's a bee out of your hat. Fucking asshole. <laughs> so like me with my reaction to the bent neck lady. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're horrible. You're a horrible person. Because I did like the horror movie scream like. You know, mm-hmm. Elsa Lanchester and Brighter Frankenstein scream. Oh, <laughs> well, um, probably folks, I gotta check out here. I think we covered quite a bit. Uh, Pop it up, pack it in. Tell so many ghost stories, begin. but yeah, it was kind of cool, actually. Thanks for having me. I always Thank love having you. Me. I'll plug for him. <laughs> that was Daniel <laughs> Nightmare Nerd Ryan, and you can find him on YouTube, on Twitter, on... and the house that screams. Yes. And on here. <laughs> Rob, you want to do some plugs? Fuck yes, you um, Absolutely. The, <laughs> well, of course, you you can find me on Instagram, uh, YouTube, and Facebook as The Cinema Drunkie. You can find me on Twitter as The Cinema Drunkie. You can find uh, my writings, of course, on Ultimate Action Movies Club, uh, ActionFlex.com, and House of Torture Souls, and uh, as well as my upcoming uh, podcast, uh, Big Breed of Brooklyn Bros on the Bridge, a Star Trek podcast coming soon. Yay! Right. Please, I'm waiting on it. I know, I know. You keep you, you keep asking, and uh, no, no, I know. I keep getting coming. <laughs> well, to be fair, Cameron did help me get my start here, so. I know, I know, I know. Cameron, Cameron, Cameron's great for this. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, <laughs> I, he's a good it's, hype it's, man. Yeah, he is, but it's just like, you know, my, my co-host, Mac, he works in a hospital with special needs people, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so it's hard for him. I mean, I have nothing but time now, but he's still working, so. Right. Uh, unfortunately, so um, it's it's hard for us to, like, coordinate, like, when exactly 
to have free time together so we can record it. But uh, we'll we'll find something. We'll, we'll record. I mean, I, we already have the the plan for the for the pilot episode. It's just that you know, I need we need to get the time to coordinate together to record it. You know, sit down yeah, and record yeah. it. Yeah, takes we'll some get time. There. I had to do some planning for this one. Right, um, right. My goal is to hopefully get you to help me get on House of Torture Soul. My interesting pieces. I am a published writer, so. And a novelist, but I think I write oh, some yeah. neat pieces. I'm currently writing a, a neat piece on Grand Guignol Theater, and it's from it started in the late 1800s in France. Yeah, I have to read the article. It's fantastic. So it's an article I've always wanted to write. History of war, really. Even neat. better. <laughs> it's, it's really good. I've been working on it, and it's got a lot of really neat stuff in it. So. Okay, I'm sorry. There's an end in sight. And Cameron. Okay, uh, my new music video for the band Gravity Factory is out now. It's called Sanitize. No relation to what's going on now. It's just coincidence, I swear. And Jacked <laughs> uh, Up Review Show is uh, going to eventually be guesting on uh, What Were They Thinking podcast. I'm honored for Brendan and Nate to have me. So Awesome. Cool. Nice. It's been a lot of fun just going into just on just unsolved mysteries, real life ones that are freaky as hell. Don't involve a kidnapping, just involve what the fuck stuff going on in the house. So <laughs> I'm talking about what we covered. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, because yeah, I'm like, yeah. we just talked about that. Well, well yeah, no, I, I really liked how <laughs> these subjects that we touched on. Yeah, I like how it evolved. Very great. Um, I'll plug myself really quick. Obviously, episode every week of The House That Scream with your host. And I am currently writing horror stuff on my blog. It's candycoatedhorror.wordpress.com. I am frequently a guest on Cameron's Jacked Up Review Show podcast. Well, fuck it up again. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have anything for myself to plug, but I would just like to uh, give a shout out to all the healthcare workers dealing with this. Yeah. Yeah. As well as all plumbers and trash people out there. I mean, yeah. yeah, they have to clean up shit that they've told us several times. This is not recycling. This is trash or this is trash, not recycling. And yeah. I just can't help but feel sorry for them. And I'm, I hope they get good retirement because they got to put up with our garbage. No pun intended. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, all essential workers everywhere. Every day. Right. The ones who have to keep working regardless of whether the government's in operation or not. Right. We are oh. currently under quarantine because of exposure. <sighs> I anyway, um, everybody stay safe, sanitize, social distance. Spend your time listening to podcasts. Please. Yeah. You got all this time on your hands, and I think we're fairly entertaining, especially now that I'm a little buzzed. <laughs> Even <laughs> more than usual. But Same here. <laughs> it is wonderful to have you guys. I'm looking forward to next week, where we will be talking about modern horror films. And Fuck I think yes. that's going to go to some interesting places. I'm excited about it. So, so like, uh, that. will that be concerning, like, just, like, the best, like, modern ones of the era or the best modern styles or just in general? Um, you know, yeah, just in general. Too. Okay. Just in general and just, you know, go crazy with it. Throw some stuff out there. Maybe get some interest stretched up in, you know, smaller films or, you know, just maybe some big budget modern films that left a, a mark on you. No pun intended. Yeah. I've got a yeah. lot of complaints. Got a I lot have of scars. Complaints. Well, you know me. If I'm not complaining, I'm not breathing. <laughs> That's a good one. I'll wipe me the floor with your complaints. Complaining about books and movies, comparisons, especially Stephen King's, that's 
something we can't we have to dance around because it will go on and on <laughs> i have to hold myself back just like a journey song gotcha. <laughs> yeah. all right so have a great night everyone thank you for being here Semper Fi, motherfuckers. <laughs> Stay spooky, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>